Hey, and welcome back to another episode of the Early Careers Podcast. Today, Summer and I are joined by Lois Baldry, who works as an apprentice coordinator here at BT. He'll be giving us his insight into what life is like as an apprentice, some of the preconceptions he had before joining, and Summer will be giving us her take on what it was like as a grad. We've got a very nice episode lined up and we hope you enjoy this one. Hi everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Early Careers Podcast. Today we're joined by Lewis. Thank you. Nice to meet you. <laughs> um, so Lewis, uh, for the viewers listening, could you please tell us a little bit about yourself and where you sit in the organisation? Yes, so I work within the Media and Broadcast Second Line team, um, which is based within BT Tower. Um, more specifically, the IMC, which is where we manage a lot of our live TV broadcast content. Um, and my team supports that on a 24-7 basis. Before that and sort of start of my apprentice journey, I went into a team called Operational Tools Team and that was where I kicked off my rotation process within um, the apprentice programme. Prior to joining BT, I also took part in an apprenticeship programme with a much smaller company um, for about two years as well. Okay, cool. So you've done two apprenticeships up to now. Did you always know that you wanted to do an apprenticeship? Yeah, I think I've never really liked the traditional or that hypothetical traditional approach of following sort of sixth form university and so on and so forth. I've, I'm very much a in-person learner. I like to do everything sort of practically um, or just not from a book. So I just really struggle from that book element. So yeah, I've always um, sort of prioritised apprenticeships or just jumping straight into the work, work element. Okay, cool. How easy then did you find it? Um, to find first of all the program that you wanted to go in on because I know you've done two and then my secondary question is kind of how did you find navigating from a smaller company into BT for your second apprenticeship which is just I know on a completely different scale yeah um, I think in a sense of the first one I, I really found sort of going into apprenticeships and adapting to that was fairly familiar um, albeit before even any of my apprenticeships I worked with my dad for about two or three years which was as an electrician miles from what I do now but it gave me the understanding of learning on the job and I think that inspired me to then want to fulfill that within my sort of passage through to work so I always thought that the idea of an apprenticeship which has always been I think before you know learn about how much depth or how many levels there are you always think that it's in the trade um, I always thought an apprenticeship probably sounds quite right I can make all these mistakes or make these sort of errors and learn from them but also feel like I can actually make them and not feel that I should have already known that knowledge already and so I think the apprenticeship element really gave me that opportunity to explore that um, and then on, I guess onto the second part about that change between both um, it was a massive culture shock um, I mean jumping into an apprenticeship from literally I mean the company I worked at before BT was um, there's three of us in the office and that wasn't all of the company but that was me sitting opposite the owner and then half of our business was offshore so it was very much sort of close call I mean if I was sitting in the same room as our CEO now it'd feel very odd but then it felt very normal just simply because it was such a small business um, it was a lot more personal as well I think just where I could have that open relationship and learn a lot from them but it was very much a generic apprenticeship um, I went in there as a digital marketing specialist, but it was more so just learn everything you can and fulfill all the roles that you can, not to that specific sort of set I went in there for. Jumping into BT, massive difference. Um, much more structure, official program, um, and given all the different opportunities you gain throughout the apprenticeship, I think it was a much greater experience, but also both of them complemented each other well. My sort of initial learning in the small business taught me a lot about how 
I should also push my how I should push myself forward in a business as well as how I can put myself out of my comfort zone. And then going into VT, that gave me enough experience and awareness to sort of apply myself correctly here as well. Yeah, I, I, as an apprentice myself, I completely resonate with your reasons. And I feel like it's so much easier to learn when you're practically doing something rather than just, you know, going to uni and learning like the content and then having to apply that later on somewhere else. Um, Summer, you're, um, you did a grad scheme. So did you always know you wanted to do a grad scheme? Mm. or? Um, well, I didn't grow up dreaming of being on a grad scheme, but I do think that the university that I went to, everyone was applying for grad schemes. So I did an internship um, at a bank when I was in my second year of uni and then it got to third year and everyone was applying for grad schemes. And I definitely had always known that I want to kind of go into the media space, but I thought, oh, everyone seems to be applying for grad schemes. I should probably go go out, try it, and then I'll figure out the rest of my career after that. And I think I got caught up in the rat race of like applying and thinking, oh my gosh, it's the end of third year and I still don't have a grad scheme. Um, and BT was like my final one, my final application. And I was like, if I don't get this, like that's it, my life's gonna be <laughs> over. And now knowing what I know, having completed the scheme, I'm like, 100% it has set me up for my career. But I think it's about like how you make the most of that. Doing an apprenticeship or a grad scheme is not the gateway to success. Like you're really lucky if you can get onto one of these programs, absolutely. But I think it's up to you to make the most of it. And probably in hindsight, I might not have done a grad scheme now. I think I still could have done what I'm doing now if I didn't. But it's up to you as an individual to make the most of the opportunities and almost having that title as a grad and an apprentice. I think you've got like a really good opportunity there like to fast track yourself if you use it like in yeah. the right way so I didn't dream of it yeah. but I ended up doing on any <laughs> so it's I feel like it's all arbitrary depending on what each person wants to do isn't it like just because it's worked well for us doesn't necessarily mean that it might work for some someone else but can you talk more about what your experience was like going from university into the working world yeah, so I think for me, because I'd done an internship at another large corporation, coming into BT in comparison, I was less daunted. But what I very clearly saw from my team was they hadn't been in similar positions. So some of those kind of preconceptions or worries, like how to manage your relationship with your manager, how to do a one-to-one, -one, even to small things like sending emails out and how you format them and if they're too formal or too informal in your personal brand... I felt quite comfortable with, but I very quickly noticed that fellow grads on my team didn't. So there was that support that you've got for each other and making sure that everyone feels comfortable in doing that. But I do still think there's a gap that you feel and there's still a jump, even though you're not coming from school and you're coming from uni. I think that you kind of go into it maybe with a few preconceptions and think I need to be really formal or there is a certain persona that you need to come across. But I think as I said, you, you have a really good opportunity and you've just got to be yourself, I think, when you start start off as a grad. So, so yeah. Yeah. Talking about, like, preconceptions as well, um, Lewis, what were some of the preconceptions you had before starting an apprenticeship? So, about the programme itself, like myself going into it? Mm -hmm. um, I think I always worried, and I think it was the same thing through school, that not doing traditional route was sort of not as equivalent to, say, for example, going to university or get, going to sixth form and getting the grades, which in theory are the same on paper. Um, I always think I had that overlying thought that it, it just wouldn't be sort of viewed as the same. But I think them preconceptions were quite quickly sort of shut down as soon as I went into these businesses or as soon as I went to 
sort of college or did other apprenticeships, I learned that them qualifications, the employer looks at them exactly the same. And I, I think that gave me a lot of confidence to sort of be like, I am sort of going down the right path for myself. I, I sort of knew that what I was doing was right. But then preconceptions are really massive. I think it just in general, like applying to a job regardless of apprenticeship or graduate or in general, going to that initial start of a role, it can be really daunting and that preconception of sort of how it will be sometimes can put you off of even applying to it. And I think that's where it comes to an apprenticeship or graduate scheme that you can sometimes be put off if someone's had a bad experience with it before um, and that really builds an image for you. So it, it sometimes can be quite hard to work through them preconceptions, but it's, it's good and it often turns out as a result or a positive outcome for yourself if you can sort of take them on. Do you feel like other people that were also on your on your um, program had those like preconceptions like you? Was there that support around to kind of shift those as you went on then? Yeah, I, I, I think that's one of the main things we've discovered throughout the program itself, just that support element. Um, you've got such a varied, almost sort of pool of people who join a company uh, as apprentices and who have had a completely different range of educations and experiences up to that. And I think it's that whole element of everyone has their sort of areas where they're stronger in. Like you said, when you talk about like formatting emails and stuff, that was a stronger point for you, but maybe for some other grads they struggled with that. But on the flip side, there might have been things you struggled with and other grads were more understanding of. And I think immediately having that support network allows you to work through them in your own little community instead of feeling like you have to approach sort of a senior or someone. You can have almost like, I always think of our apprentice program, probably the same with grads. I always think of it like you're in a college class or a school class, you've got everyone who's the same age as you or very similar, joining a company very fresh and all learning at the same sort of tempo and what you're trying to learn. So it's almost like you're in like your own little school class that so everyone is very familiar with each other and you'll have like different characters from out, throughout the team itself. So yeah, I think, I think that was quite a big benefit for me throughout the programme. We also know that you're an apprentice coordinator. Yeah. So what does that role kind of involve now that you've finished your programme and, and what's the sort of support that you now provide to apprentices such as such Shree? <laughs> um, so the apprentice coordinator label or sort of role itself um, does, yeah, it, it sort of does get a little bit lost in the sense of sort of what is that and what does it mean for me? So, yeah, myself and another apprentice, we basically fulfil the role um, and we just oversee and basically manage the apprentices who are predominantly tower-based, but like I said, Shree, has, we've bit, been supporting him throughout his programme as well recently. Um, and we mainly just make sure the apprentices are sort of getting the support that they need within the different teams that they focus on, and also that if they do need that network, that it's available through the apprenticeship community. Um, and yeah, being the coordinator basically just means that we can have some involvement in that and making sure that the process is as smooth and as beneficial for the apprentices as it can. Um, in theory, it's basically we're the logistical manager of an apprentice, but we have the sort of awareness of what the programme was like to sort of have that little bit of a tailoring to it as well. Um, and it, it's, it's sort of really, really benefited not just the apprentices, but myself in the sense of how much you can gain from it. There's a big social side to it. I know that you both yeah. have got to go on some really cool like yeah. days out and you have been part of organising that. What's, what's that been like for both of you? Um, for me, it's, I feel like it's really refreshing. So um, as an apprentice, we do do operational roles, but we also get involved in a lot of different things. So um, me and Lewis and uh, one other apprentice, we went to a school to talk about our apprenticeship journey just so that um, sixth formers have more clarity on other pathways after sixth form. 
instead of just going down the traditional route. We've also been on visits to other companies, uh, seeing how the apprenticeship scheme is different there. And it's nice to see like the differences in how other companies operate and how BT operates as well. Um, how about you, Lewis? Yeah, no, I agree. I think that whole apprentice or grad element is pushed so much in the sense of the social side and to take advantage of that experience you get given that, yeah, the opportunities of going to careers fairs or speaking in front of schools and just even going on like team days and stuff where you just simply have the ability to essentially meet customers or suppliers that you work with um, and have a general team building aspect. I think it just gives you some opportunities that you often don't probably gain if you just went in there as a fresh employee but when you're on the grad program I know the grads have stuff like grad venture or different things that go on throughout the year where they're big social events and basically get you the chance to meet up with other people who are in a similar position to you and the same in the apprenticeship space but yeah organizing a lot of them trips I think we've realized that take advantage of being able to have that label of being an apprentice or a grad take advantage of being able to have a bit of freedom at the start of your career because it does sort of get a bit more real as it goes on. So it's nice to enjoy the the fun side of it before it sort of gets into that full operational side. Yeah. Um, we kind of covered the preconceptions with apprenticeships. Um, I don't really know much about the grad scheme somewhere. <laughs> so could you kind of like talk about maybe some myths that you heard before joining the grad scheme and how they were different in reality once you actually started? I think it's similar to what Lewis was just saying there about kind of making the most of your scheme because you don't get that early part of your career back and it goes like that. So I think one of the preconceptions I personally had was like you'd come in and you wouldn't be able to take that much accountability or responsibility and you'd probably get like not the most exciting projects or work. And I think one thing you realise very quickly is BT is huge and there's so much opportunity and there's these amazing teams. So it's about finding the opportunity yourself. No one's going to do that for you. But I didn't think I'd get the amount of responsibility that I did so early into my time on the grad scheme. So I used to sit in um, BT Global doing cybersecurity sales. And I think if you told me in uni that I'd be managing like an individual £1 million target, I would have been like, and into security, which I had no knowledge of whatsoever, I would have been like, yeah, you're kidding me. But like three years down the line, I was trained up in cybersecurity. I was managing my own accounts. I was working with all the extern external vendors and partners. There was a huge development period for me and like be becoming a subject matter expert. But then also having that independence in my role that yes, you still have your manager and you have your team, but you're all working on your own projects, your own deals with obviously the necessary support but that was so refreshing to me that it was kind of like you've got the support we've trained you up go after it and kind of make the most of this opportunity so I probably didn't think I'd get the chance to make my mark so quickly into my journey at BT that was probably one of the biggest ones for me. Okay I feel like yeah no it's very similar to my experience as well the actual thought of doing something as huge as that you think oh you know but I'm not trained I don't know how to do this but the company will actually train you to make sure that you're able to do that job. And even when I started like two months in, I never thought that I'd be writing a program that's running like investment banks in like New York, for example. But like I was trained and I was able to do it. And it's, you get a feeling of achievement once you've actually done it because you never actually thought that you'd be able to. Yeah. Um, and Summer, what about the three top lessons that you learned at the start of your grad scheme? So the three things for me were... I was like really enthusiastic when I joined BT, as I think most of us are when you get onto one of these programs. And I wanted to make the most of 
all the opportunities, joining people, networks, going to all the social, and then actually doing my job as well. And I definitely think I put too much on my plate and probably put too much pressure on myself as well to achieve so much in the first six months. So I think, so I think with hindsight and looking back, you just always have to remember it's in, in, in the grad schemes case, it's two, a two year program. Like you've got all the time in the world to spread out some of these opportunities. And I actually think it's probably better to pick those ones that put you out of your comfort zone more because there's more room for growth there than just going after the things that you're super passionate about. So kind of getting the lay of the land first before you go diving right into all these different amazing things you can get involved in. Um, I think the second thing for me um, is definitely just being present. So you don't get that time back again. And I sound like an old grandma when I say this, but like it goes back, it goes by really, really quickly. Like those two years just fly by and you're like, right, I'm rolling off now. Like what's the next step? So try and soak it up, soak it in, be present in that time and make the most of having the title of a grad or an apprentice, um, whatever it might be for you. Um, and I then I think the final lesson for me is just, like I said, it, it goes against my first bit of advice, but still have a growth mindset and be open to things. It's up to you to make the most of the opportunities on your scheme, right? No one's going to give everything to you on a plate. So I think maybe before you start, have a rough idea of like, what do I actually want to get out of this? Why am I doing an apprenticeship or why am I doing the grad scheme? What are some of the things that like is it skills is it development areas and obviously you can work with your managers or the support systems to have a think about what could those be as the schemes roll on but just be willing to try anything but sometimes also say no so try and strike the right balance I think no I I completely agree one day you're 19 starting your apprenticeship and then the next day you're 22 almost finishing it so (laughs) it it happens and in my case you're 26 turning 27 and you're like where does the time go so yeah, completely, completely resonate. Yeah. What, about, what about you, Shri? Um, I completely agree with you. I think that, especially when you start a business, um, it goes on throughout, but people are more than happy to like speak to, speak with you and help you. But I guess my advice would be, one, especially because the ways of working has changed ever since COVID. Um, so people are working from home and not everyone is in the office. Try coming to the office as much as possible because it is so important to work and see the people on a day-to-day basis because if you have a small question instead of you know meshing them on teams and saying hey can you help me with this because they're going to be busy and they might reply to you later you can literally pop your head up and be like hey sorry have you got two minutes and everyone's more than likely to help you so the first six months just soak up as much as possible and I guess for those who are listening um, who are looking to go into grad schemes and apprenticeships I would just say that apply to as many as possible uh, don't just apply to one and think you know I'll get it because it really is a numbers game and the more you apply you'll be able to learn from the different interviews you've done uh, just so you can kind of take that uh, feedback and then apply to the next one and eventually you will get one or a couple of um, apprenticeships and grad schemes and you'll be able to choose between which one you actually if you like which company you resonate with and which company you'd like to um, join but um, yeah what about you Lewis? Um, yeah I think one major lesson I learned and it I think it was that probably touching on that preconception stuff initially, but when I joined BT, I think I had a bit of a fear of asking questions to the teams I was in, just because I was sort of like, I've said I want to join this team in the hope that, and I'm sort of in that mindset, they must think I know what I'm doing, but in reality, I didn't half the time. I was sort of sitting there, I was like, I ain't got a clue what I'm looking at, but in that first six months, I sort of was like, should I know what I'm looking at? And 
should I feel like I'm worried to ask a question? But I learned very soon after that, probably within the first six months or first few months in general, that asking the questions were the best bit of learning for me. Because especially if you know who's the right person to ask about what you need to find out, that person will break it down so easily and so well for you that it makes so much more sense. And that question you asked, albeit it can be the most simple question you think of in the world that you feel like you should already know for that job, but they can just make it so much more easier. And I always found that people actually are more respectful if you ask the question than just trying to do a task about raising that element. So that was definitely something I learned in the first six months that has always been a big takeaway. Even nowadays, I always say I probably don't know half as much as I should do, but I always still will ask the question and I'll even be like, I probably should know this by now, but can you just let me know how I do this? And it's then sort of rolling on that and it's that constant sort of element and it, it shows, and I think it's always reflected that you're trying throughout the programme, regardless of apprenticeship or graduate scheme. As long as you show you're trying to understand something, even in studies, if you're trying to try and understand something and you've told the lecturer, told the buddy or whoever you're working for, it's constant. It's sort of saying, I really do want to learn what you're telling me. It's just, I don't quite understand it. Can you break it down? Um, and that was one of my really big key takeaways. Also on the sense of like over committing. Um, and I think that is something we all do. Um, there, I mean, through our apprentice programme, there's about 10 or 100 different opportunities that come for each each month almost. And it's it's about knowing where your limit is and sort of knowing that prioritisation. Um, but it's a lot about self-management. I think it's knowing I have this much capacity, how much can I stretch that without feeling like I'm completely burnt out? And it's finding that level. But I think you almost have to overcommit to then realise I've overcommitted and know where your sort of level sits. Um, but I think we all experience that. You both have probably experienced it throughout your programmes that there's times where you've chucked yourself in at the deep end and you're like, right, I have way too much on my plate. Yeah. I don't even know what I'm going to be doing today. Um, so it's, it's that difficult part, but you almost have to learn that lesson through first-hand experience of doing it. Um, but it's definitely a, a part, a takeaway I've taken from probably the first year, not even the first six months, that that overcommitment just needs to be either reined in or commit to things I know that I can achieve and actually benefit the most from and provide the most benefit to as well. Yeah. Um, um. So yeah. Amazing. Well, Lewis, thank you so much for joining us today. I hope we've shed a bit more light on kind of grad schemes and apprentices and some of the myths that, well, those listening might have. Um, we've made it a bit clearer for you and kind of, um, yeah, just dismantled any preconceptions that they might have had. But we, we want to say a big thank you um, to, for, for joining us today. It's been great chatting to you. Thank you, Lewis. Thank you very much. So Shree, that was a great conversation with Lewis. I know that you know him already, but I learned so much about what the experience is like as an apprentice and obviously how he's navigated that through to being a coordinator now. What was the standout message for you in the conversation? No, I, I completely agree. And I think that um, everyone is supportive in the organisation when, uh, when you start. So it's really important to make sure that you do ask for help and you reach out and speak to people because if you don't ask, you won't get it. What about you? What did you think of it? So I think for me, well, not only just learning more about being an apprentice, and I think I've realised there's a lot of synergy between 
being a grad, being an apprentice and that piece around over committing. So just knowing your boundaries, not burning out that you are the biggest priority. So you've got to take care of yourself. And to your point, like you've got the support there, whether it's managers, other apprentices, other grads, there's someone there uh, that you can turn to. Um, but if you've enjoyed today's conversation and you want to find out a little bit more and listen to some of our other episodes, head over to the Early Careers Spotify page to listen.